Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast, where we discuss the gospel, freedom in Christ, and victorious Christianity. My name is Emily Lewis, and I am so honored that you are here. Sometimes Christianity can feel complicated or become heavy. I'm here to lighten that load. I pray that the chats had on this broadcast will empower and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Hello, friends. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. It is all about prayer and mindset. Joining me is my friend Katie, who is a mindset coach specializing in helping you turn off autopilot and get you living abundant life right now. Before this interview, I didn't realize that Katie and my stories were so similar, and it was super fun to see what God has used in her life to draw her to himself and how he has taught her the power of our mindset and how that can impact relationship with him and specifically prayer. So join me in welcoming Katie to the show today. Welcome to the show, Katie. (laughs) Hi, I'm so excited to be here and I feel really honored to be here. This is exciting. It is exciting. Um, Thank you for taking the time. Could you please start, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and what you do for women. Yeah, of course. So I'm Katie. I am a mom of four kids under four right now. It's crazy. Um, I live in Texas and I am passionate about helping women turn off their autopilot and learn how to use mind shifting to create the life that they want to have in the life that they already have. Like you don't have to change your life to have an amazing life. So that's what I'm passionate about. And my life is crazy, but I love it. So that's awesome. I love that. So I'm going to jump in with some quick questions just to get to know you a little bit. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Ohio, actually, so far from here. (laughs) Um, If you could have anything on a billboard, what would it be? Okay, so do you mean like, do you mean like words or a picture or what? Whatever. What what would you want to put out there? Uh, So I would probably have a question, actually, because... I love power statements, but people don't always take them on. They don't believe them. So I love asking questions because it gets people Mm -hmm. to think. So I would probably just have a big question, something like, I don't know, are you happy or why aren't you happy or something that just gets people to think. I love that. I love questions too. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. The last one, what is a verse or a passage of scripture that keeps you grounded in your faith? I would say that this changes kind of year by year, season Mm -hmm. by season, but right now in my parenting season, the one that is um, hitting me the most is from Nehemiah. I believe it's chapter nine, I think. Um, And God is talking about God and how he parents us. And it says, but you are a God who is always ready to forgive, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And so that has just been grounding my parenting recently. So yeah, that's awesome. So if you wouldn't mind, tell me a little bit about your introduction to Jesus and your testimony that way. Oh, okay. Well, I grew up Christian. I grew up in a Christian home in the church, doing all the normal Christian things, I guess. I was homeschooled. Um, and so I always felt like I knew what was going on. And I always felt like I was close to God. But as I became a teenager and as I like left the home and moved on in life, I realized that I still had to make it my own. 
that no matter how much I knew, how much I had grown up in, how much I like still believed it, I still had to do the work and I still had to make it my own. And so when I first moved out, I actually asked God to, <laughs> I asked him to shred my identity. I said, I need you to kind of undo me because I feel like I know so much that I can't, I can't be close to you right now because I just, it's just in my head. It's not close. So um, since doing that, that's actually what began my mind shifting journey actually. And um, I was just reading old journals recently and that's where it all started. And it's really cool to see it now. So that's really cool to see just the beginning of your journey that you didn't realize this, this is where you were headed. Yeah. So cool. So I love the work that you do with mindset. And so today I just want to talk about how this applies to our relationship with God, like you were saying. So where do you see autopilot affecting how people approach him? Oh, I see this a lot, Um, especially with Christians who have grown up in the church and grown up in Christian homes, because like I said, we just know stuff and we don't always we don't always turn it into a passion. It doesn't become a life-changing thing. And so I see it a lot in how we talk about God or don't talk about God because we just know it. It's just in the background. We just assume we're all Christians. We don't need to talk about God or in how we pray. I feel like a lot of times, and I was doing this for a while too, of just, we're so used to praying being the thing you do. Like, oh, this is happening. We're going to pray. But we still see prayer as just a thing we do not as, oh, God's actually going to work in this situation, or, oh, like, God is going to change my mindset when I pray, or, oh, like, we are praying because this connects us to the God of the universe. Like, it's a big deal to pray, and it's good to do it all the time, but if you forget who you're talking to, it just becomes an autopilot thing that you just do, and it doesn't, it doesn't change what, what's going on in your head, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that makes sense. So how do you think that affects how we relate to him? I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I, I wrote down a couple verses because I wanted to just kind of redirect everyone's thoughts about this on prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, the biggest shift when I was getting closer to God was realizing that prayer wasn't just me bringing stuff to God and moving on. It was me surrendering what I already had in my head and my heart, and then receiving back from God what he wanted me to have instead. So there is a passage in Luke 22 where Jesus is praying, and this is right before he's about to die. So you know he's having huge feelings as a human because he's in a human body, and it's crazy to just even think about that. But um, he he literally asked God, and Jesus knows what's going to happen. Jesus knows the truth. Jesus has no doubts. And yet he's still feeling the feelings that we feel. And he says, father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And so to me, that's the perfect example of how prayer is supposed to work of coming and saying, I don't want to do this. This is hard. This is scary. And then stopping and saying, okay, what I know what God wants me to do. And so I'm going to receive that now and I'm going to move on. I'm leaving those feelings of anxiety or depression or whatever at his feet. And I get to take what he's offering me instead. Mm-hmm. And I get to move away from that. That's great. I, I love when you can go just straight to the gospels and see Jesus doing that. Yeah, 
it's amazing. That's so <laughs> he lays cool. it all out for us. Like he's like, this is how it works. <laughs> yeah. So how, how do you practically do this in your prayer life? Oh, um, I think by first, just by knowing that, um, because I've talked to a lot of people that are dealing with anxiety and depression or, um, struggling with certain life circumstances that are really big and outside of their control. And when I talk to them about it, I'm like, okay, so are you praying about this? Like, how are you moving into this? And they're like, I pray all the time, but I still feel anxious. And I'm like, who are you just talking or are you praying to God? Are you, are you not just talking? Because I used to do it too, especially right before bed, I would talk to God about all of my problems and all my worries right before bed. And I would feel more anxious because I was just talking about my stuff. And I wasn't actually saying I'm coming into the presence of God with my stuff and he's going to take it away. I wasn't doing that. I was just talking at God and expecting him to fix it or do something different right then. And that's not how it works. So I think practically for me, it's, it's doing it throughout the day whenever I'm coming into a situation. So for me, that's my kids. That's when there is a situation that I don't want to be a part of and I don't want to be the adult, right? In this situation. And I get to say, okay, God, I don't want to do this right now, but if it's happening, you want me to deal with it. And so I'm going to choose to take on your peace because I already know I, I've read the Bible. I know he promises us peace and I'm not feeling his peace right now. So I'm going to pray. And in that prayer, I'm going to surrender my anxiety about the situation. And I'm going to choose to believe what he's already told me. And that's, that's like agreeing with God in that circumstance. And so I'm going to take on his peace and choose to believe that I already have it. Yeah, that's good. I love how you can talk to him, but not, and forget that he can solve the problem. Like you're just talking to talk yeah. to Yeah. And I love how you've said that. We need to remember that we're coming into the presence of the most high God. He, he can solve this or he can give us peace. And if we approach him that way, it's so much yeah. more life-giving than, well, I'm just going to spew all of my problems and then walk away. <laughs> yeah, right. Not that he doesn't, he doesn't mind that, but we're denying ourselves the power that he has available. Yes. He wants to hear from us even when we're in a crappy mood, just like I'm trying to learn that with my kids too. But he wants to hear that, but we have to be willing to not let that block what he also wants to give us. Like it, it goes both ways. Mm -hmm, for sure. One way that I think um, that has helped me in this, when I pray, I stop and try to listen for a response back. Yes. Being still afterwards. Because I think prayer can be a two-way street. It's not just me talking to him. For sure. Um, yeah, and that's where you get into the just just blabbing your problems all over the place because you're just thinking that you're talking at something. Mm, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So how can this free us to live the way that God intended us to? Oh, I have seen it so much. Oh, the other night, I it was the end of the day, and... I just felt like a really crappy day and I didn't feel good and I wanted to feel good. And I was mad that I didn't feel good. And I still had dishes to do. And I'm like in the kitchen and just feeling all of these negative emotions. And then I was beating myself up for feeling negative emotions. And so it was just this, I was like sucked into this dark hole of myself. And I have a little sticky note on the window 
And it says, um, whatever is happening does not get to steal my joy. And the Holy Spirit literally was like, what is keeping you from having my joy? And like your immediate response is to list all of the things in the background, You're like the dirty dishes and the crying kids and the hard day. And I didn't do that for once. I, I normally do. And all I said was nothing, nothing. If I am free in Christ, if I am identified with Christ, not with what's happening to me, I can literally just be joyful right now. And it was so weird. I was like, I was kind of like, mm, I can't just be happy right now. Because <laughs> I, because and I was like, yes, I can. I can, I can literally just let go of all of that because God, not because me, I still feel negative in the background, but I can, I can just have joy. And it was so, it's such a weird moment, but that's what happens when the Holy Spirit connects with you and you are listening and you're ready mm -hmm. to listen. Like, uh, it, and it changes our entire lives. And this is how Christians can be powerful. This is how we can do the things that God wants us to do when we're staying connected and not just choosing whatever we feel. Mm, that's good. A couple of verses came to mind. You said, so we can be powerful. And the Bible says, I think it's in Nehemiah 2, or not chapter 2, but Nehemiah also. Yeah. Uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's yeah. where we do get our power. Yeah. And then in John 16, it says that your joy, no man takes from you. You have to give that away. Nobody's taking yes. it. You right. have control of it. Yes, for sure. We can allow it to be taken from us all the time. <laughs> right. But <laughs> we, we have the power to keep it. <laughs> That's so good. I love that word. So who is God to you personally? Hmm. I feel uh, so many different things. Yeah, for me, it's, it's so many different things. But God has shown me different sides of himself. And for me, that's really exciting because one of the parts of my personality is valuing uniqueness and valuing change and growth. And so God doesn't ever change, but I love that our relationship changes because he keeps showing me more pieces of himself. So to me, to me right now, God is just active. Like he is so active in my life. He's so active when I open up the word of God. He's so active um, when I'm talking to him. And I know so many people don't feel that. And so I want, I want people to experience that because mm -hmm. in, um, in John chapter 17, Jesus says, and this is to know God, or to, this is to have eternal life, that they know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And we can start knowing God now. We don't have to wait till heaven like he like the whole bible is the story of him meeting with people on earth like he wants to do that and if he didn't want to do that he wouldn't send he wouldn't have sent jesus he wants to be so intimate and active in our lives in all of our lives and so that's that's who he is to me right now is is present mm -hmm. it's amazing that we can connect with him right now we don't have to wait to heaven so often i feel like we talk about oh when we get to heaven as like the end all be all. And it is the end of our time here, but that he wants relationship with me now is just blows my mind. Yeah. Cause I used to think, I was like, why doesn't he just send us all to heaven right now? 
<laughs> like, if, if this is here. the only thing, why am I still here? <laughs> but yeah, he, he wants to be part of this. <laughs> so can I ask you, before your relationship with God became your own, who was God to you then? He was, hmm, I think he was really a steady constant but it didn't feel like I could interact with him. Like, like obviously growing up in it, I knew that the Bible was true and I knew that he was real, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure what exactly I could do in that relationship with him. It seemed like I just had to, I just had to know the truth and my emotions were something that was separate. And since I'm a very emotional person that constantly like divided me from my relationship with God. Like, I felt like he didn't want me to have emotions or he didn't want any part of my emotions. And so that was just kind of like a divider between knowing the truth and feeling other things. I saw a quote and I read it recently and they said something like, when your theology and what you've experienced Mm. don't match up, you have to do a lot of soul searching. Yes. To try to align those, like, which is... And I think it's oftentimes a little bit of both. Like, oh, I had a bad framework of who God is, but then at the same time, some of this, um, what I was feeling wasn't accurate and I have to line the two up. Yes, yes. And that creates that conflict where you can't, you can't act on what you say you believe because you're not really believing it. You're already telling yourself a story based on what you've seen in life. And if and everything that comes up, you're going to use to align with that story. And if that story isn't part of the Bible, isn't aligned with that, it's going to be really confusing. So I think the best thing we can do is ask ourselves questions like we talked about in the beginning. So going back to scripture, like, do you believe that he's actually listening to you when you pray? Do you believe that he actually wants to give you good things? Do you believe that he already is giving you spiritual blessings? Do you believe that he's going to direct your heart to pray for what he wants in your life? Do you believe that he has the power to grant you your request? Like all of these things, usually when we're coming into prayer, we're not stopping to see if we believe those things. And so we're not, we're going to pray kind of half-heartedly. We're going to pray as if it's, it's not going to achieve anything. That's so good. I think that's a great place to land just to give people those, those questions to consider. Um, Cause there's something that I can ponder in my life when I come to him, do I believe that he's going to answer or am I approaching him? Well, maybe if you kind of want to, but if you're not listening, that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. Like kind of timid, like, mm. and we should be reverent. Obviously it's God, but we don't have to be held back. <laughs> no. Right. We can come boldly. The Bible says, and yeah, Jesus took that veil and said, here, you can enter into the holiest. Yes. Yes. So do you have any other nuggets that you want to give us? Um, I want to leave you guys with something practical you can do right now, because I love that. And you can't just take in all this information and not do anything. One thing that helped me with my prayer life, I know a lot of people keep prayer journals. Um, They'll keep lists of things that they're praying for and then answers to prayer. And that's really good. But this is different. Okay, this is where I have seen God work the most. And maybe it's because I love words, but it is powerful. So in my journal, I will write something out to God. And this goes back to what you were saying about pausing in prayer. So I will write whatever's going on in my heart and just just a short sentence, not all of it. 
And then I'll wait and I will hear the Holy Spirit respond to me, either with a scripture or with a specific sentence or with a question. Like, it's kind of like he's leading me in a, in the conversation. And so I will write whatever I think he is saying to me in italics. And then I will continue the conversation. I'll write and then I'll write again. What I, And so then I can go back and see, I was asking God about all this anxiety and here's the scripture he showed me, or here's what he said to me. And when you leave that space to hear him talk back and when you actually write it out, it's so amazing <laughs> because it's kind of like being affirmed. Like you're like, God is right here with me. He's not, I'm not recording a prayer and he's going to get back to me in a while when he listens to it. Like he <laughs> is right here with me. Like sometimes I feel like I'm doing that. Like I'm leaving God a voicemail, see what he says later. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> that's a that's a great visual. Like I'm not leaving him a voicemail. He's conversing with me right now. Yeah. That's a huge mind shift. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I would do. That's great. Um, where would you want people to find you and connect with you? The biggest place I'm on right now is Instagram, but my website is up and it's katynoob.com. <laughs> that's a funny name. So it's C-A-I-T-Y-N-E-U-B. <laughs> I know Perfect. it's a funny name. But it's also fun to say. So there you go. Thank you for taking the time to be with us, Katie. Yes, thank you so much. I, I'm so glad we got to talk about this. Thanks for listening to the Abundant Grace podcast. I would love to connect with you, either to hear your story or hear your comments on today's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram, emily.abundantgrace, or send me an email. Hello at emilyklewis.com. That's Emily, the letter K, L-O-U-I-S dot com. Until next time, remember, God's grace abounds and won't ever run out.